If you have your Bibles with you today, I invite you to get them out and turn to Romans 5. Uh, If you don't have them with you, you can take the Pew Bible in front of you, and you'll find that on page 1752. We're going to be looking through this passage from Paul's letter a little bit more together today. Uh, Reading Paul's letter to the Romans is kind of like listening to a beautiful piece of music. Paul weaves together all sorts of different themes. This passage in Romans 5 is kind of like a blues progression. It's full of sad notes and chords, but they're heading somewhere. Kenny, come on up. Uh, Kenny's going to play a little blues for us to give us kind of a feel for what this passage is like. He's got the blues. He's down. No hope. Let's give it up for Kenny Freddy. <laughs> you know, when you listen to the blues, you know exactly where it's going. One chord leads to another, and it hooks back around over and over and just keeps getting sadder and angrier and more and more down. There's a line in a movie that I love that reminds me of the blues. It's from episode one of Star Wars. Uh, the fant- you probably need to tur- turn these lights down a little bit so we can see this a little better. Uh, it's episode one of Star Wars, which was actually the fourth one of the movies that came out. It's complicated. It's called The Phantom Menace. And they're in the Jedi Council chamber. And ancient Master Yoda warns young Anakin Skywalker, who later becomes the evil Darth Vader, he says, I sense much fear in you. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. It makes sense. You can see how one leads to another, just like a blues progression. That progression happens not just in a galaxy far, far away, but here on earth as well. We see that spiral of fear, anger, hate, and suffering in the violence that fills our headlines and our own hearts. We see it in Syria, Iraq, and Tunisia. We see it in the burned church buildings in the south. We see it in the torn apart family next door. Sometimes we even see it in our own homes. Suffering is everywhere. It seems to be a given in our world. You can't avoid suffering. It will find you wherever you go. 
But in Romans 5, Paul says something different about suffering. He changes course. He takes the melody in a direction that we don't expect. He says that suffering leads to hope. How can that be? Doesn't suffering just lead to misery and doubt and despair? Not if you're in Christ, Paul proclaims. Wherever suffering is, Christ has already been there. And he's waiting for you there with comfort and strength. Paul asserts in this letter that we have been set right with God through faith through trusting in His Word and clinging to His promises. God is faithful to His covenant with us. He has brought those promises to fulfillment through His Son's death and resurrection. Jesus took all of our sins with Him to the grave and left them there. His suffering led to our hope. He was raised from the dead so that we too might be raised. So that we might have new life that begins now and stretches on into eternity. We stand by grace, by God's love that we cannot earn or buy, which has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. If God loved sinners enough to die for them, for the Son to die for them, then He will certainly complete what He started. He is our rock, our fortress, our refuge, and our salvation. God's love gives us reason to boast, to rejoice in our hope, and, Paul says, we even rejoice in our suffering. Why? Because, Paul says, suffering produces perseverance. You know that if you've ever played sports or trained as an athlete. Uh, I ran cross country when I was in high school and in college, uh, and we went through a lot of pain and effort to build up our endurance. We ran wind sprints back and forth. We did time trials. We did long, slow distance, which we just called LSD, uh, where we ran 12 miles or more without stopping. And the worst was hill training, where our coach would find the steepest, roughest terrain he could find for us and have us run up and down and up and down and up and down over and over again. Well, After weeks and months of sore muscles, tired feet, and sweaty workouts, our times gradually improved. We could run faster and further. Suffering produced endurance and perseverance. Now, you might say, well, that's all well and good, but you signed up to run cross-country. What about all the suffering that I've gone through that I never signed up for? It's very true. No one signs up for the suffering that invades our lives. Often it comes with the unexpectedness of an improvised roadside bomb. A sudden sickness robs you of your independence. An accident puts the loved one in the hospital. 
A marriage falls apart. Your family is strained at the seams. You give love, but it's not returned. Loneliness, crushed dreams, and shattered hearts are the basis for every blues song. Blues music speaks to us because it reflects the brokenness and the hurt that we feel. Many of you have experienced far more than your share of hurt and suffering. Grief, sadness, heartache, and depression are debilitating companions. Most people try to avoid pain as much as possible, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain. They often try to avoid pain in the poor ways. They take a pill or a drink, a smoke or an illegal drug or something worse to dull their senses and numb their pain. They do anything to avoid reality and responsibility. But it's much more healthy to face your pain and suffering head on. Call suffering for what it is. Accept responsibility for your part of it and endure the rest. It's harder that way than trying to avoid it. And it's more painful In the midst of it, you may shake your fist at God and scream, Why are you doing this to me? Why are you letting this happen? Read through the Psalms. You'll find the the psalmists did exactly the same thing. Job certainly did. He's the book that comes right before Psalms. Read his whole story sometime. The amazing thing is that God can even use suffering for our good. In your Bibles, turn to Romans 8. In your pew Bible, it's 1757. Paul says, all the way through Romans 8, Paul is talking about the hope that we have, even in the midst of our brokenness. He says in verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. In verse 28, he goes on and says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Sometimes God uses suffering to shape our lives, to give us perspective that we would never have had, to help us help others in their times of anguish. To help us rely more on Him. Paul himself had some sort of constant affliction. He called it a thorn in his flesh. Uh, turn a little bit further to Second Corinthians 7 and see where he talks about that. He asked the Lord three times to take away this pain, the suffering in his life. But instead, the Lord answered, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, 
I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. People who persevere and take things in stride come out stronger and more resilient. They bounce back faster, and they aren't as discouraged by pain or problems that come their way. They develop depth of character. Winston Churchill showed that kind of character during World War II. He said in 1941, in the midst of everything going south with the invasion that was coming from, from Germany, he said, never give in. Never, 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 never. In nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. His words were a rallying cry to the overwhelmed British people. They stood their ground and with help overcame the powers that threatened them. The Apostle Peter gave a similar word of encouragement to the Christians who were scattered in the early years of the church. You'll find this in 1 Peter chapter 5, 1892 in your pew Bibles there. Beginning in verse 8, he says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To Him be the power forever and ever. Peter's message to those people who had been scattered by persecution was, hold on, endure. The suffering that you're going through will not have the last word. You're not alone. There are others going through the same thing. God has not abandoned you. He will give you strength and deliver you. Character is not an act. It's not something that you fake or make up as you go along. It's more than just keeping it real or singing the blues. It's about having strength of spirit that comes from enduring through difficulty. From taking not the easy path, but the right one. We saw that recently in that the people of that church in Charleston where that guy came into their Bible study and then shot up the whole place, killed several of the leaders there. 
Did you see what happened when they were able to speak face to face to him in the court? Each one of the people that had been affected, who had lost a loved one, poured out their hearts and talked about what grief and pain he had caused in their lives. And yet, they didn't let that control them. They offered him forgiveness. They said, we are praying for you, Dylan Roof. They refused to let their suffering have the last word because of the hope they have in Christ. Now, the, the way that they responded uh, cut off any race war that he was trying to start there in Charleston. Instead, there was an outpouring of love and forgiveness in the midst of their grief. Jesus can turn the suffering that you experience into perseverance, which produces character, which produces hope. Hope isn't just wishful thinking or whistling in the dark, as it's been called sometimes. Hope is knowing that the long journey through the wilderness leads to the promised land. The hope God gives us does not disappoint us, Paul says, because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Christ died for us not just when we were powerless or ungodly, when we were occupied with other things, but when we were sinners opposed to God's rule in our lives. God has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus. That's the reason for our hope. This hope will not let you down. You don't have to sing the blues like someone with no hope. Instead, your music could sound a little more along these lines. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for sending Your Spirit to guide us into the truth of Your love for us revealed in Jesus Christ. You are there in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of all our blues. Help us endure and grow through those difficult times. Deepen our character so that we cling to the hope that will not disappoint us. Then send us out to sing and speak about your love to those who need to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.